Okay. Uh, yeah. Good morning, everyone. As Miles has so wonderfully said, I am Simon. Uh, if you are unaware of who I am, if you know Wes and Belinda, they are known to me as Mum and Dad. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Mike approached me and asked me if I could uh, continue on our series in Gideon. And yeah, we're going to be looking into that and moving on a bit further. And. Uh, yeah, just before I start, I'm one of the youth leaders here at Grace City Church. So thank you also for everyone's continued prayer into the youth and just everything around that. We're doing the Alpha series at the moment, and I know that's been mentioned a few times, and I'm going to plug it again here now. But your prayers are really appreciated, and it's been such an amazing series so far. We've had some great discussions with the youth, and honestly, like so many of them are asking questions and kind of wanting to know more. So. I would appreciate it. I mean, we'd all appreciate it if you'd continue praying into that and just kind of looking into that. So, Mike preached last week and talked about Gideon and started our series off on Gideon and in Judges 6 for all of you who were here last week. So, just a little cap catch up. If you were here last week or if you weren't here, I mean, we're probably at the same level. I feel like everyone forgets a lot of things between now and then. But he led us in the first part of Judges 6, which starts to look at Gideon and the story of how God calls him and uses him. So last week, Mike really focused on Gideon being sent by God and kind of what God is calling us to do and where he's calling and asking and wanting us to be sent. And we're going to build upon that this week. Thank you. There we are. So... Uh, The verses last week, if you want to open up, we're going to be looking at Judges 6. And the verses last week started off in Judges, and it talked about the classic Judges cycle and how Israel had done evil in the eyes of the Lord and were once again being oppressed by the people and the nations around them. You know, they could barely even farm any food before it was taken by the other nations. So Israel cried out to God, and God sent a prophet to them who told them off for the way that they had been worshipping other gods even as their God, the God, had just brought them out of Egypt and had redeemed them and given them this new land. So God sends an angel of the Lord to meet with Gideon and to call him to action. And we're going to read from Judges 6 verse 15 is where we're going to start, and we will go from there. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, He exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But God said to him, Peace, 
Do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is Peace. And to this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abiyaz rites. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. And then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. In the morning when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished and the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The people of the town demanded of Joash, bring you out your son, he must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, Are you going to plead Baal's case? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jeroboam that day, saying, Let Baal contend with him. Okay. (laughs) You know, stepping out can be scary. I don't know if you guys can relate, but talking in front of a crowd, talking in front of friends, even just kind of sharing your own opinion at the dinner table sometimes can be a bit daunting. I can definitely say from experience, haha, <laughs> today, um, <laughs> that listening to God and stepping up where he calls you is certainly not the easiest thing in the world. In my first year of youth leading, this was back in 2017, I had just started youth leading, and I, we were going to a camp at the beginning of the year. And I remember Hugh had asked me to step up and to talk out and to bring my testimony and share that in front of everyone there. And I was a bit nervous about this. You know, we'd all gone away, and most of my friends, because I was the oldest of my friend group, most of my friends were still in youth. And when I was called to go up there and share in front of them, I was quite anxious that, like, what did I have to bring? You know, what did I have to bring in front of these people? And I got caught up in my head and thought that what I have to share is not worth listening to. I was scared that I would be judged for what I had to say in front of these other people, that I couldn't step out because my friends were still in youth, and I made up excuses to hold myself back from stepping out for God. I didn't trust that God would work through me and that he would use me. I think that a trap that we can often fall into is listening to the lies that we aren't the right person for God's calling, or that there is someone else who will do a better job than us. There are always those loud and outgoing extroverted people who seem to find it so easy to step up and to talk out, and sometimes we can wish to be like them. Or maybe like in my youth leading time, I could have thought that Hugh would have done a much better job of sharing that. Or Albert, you know, Albert's so fun, he would have done a great job of making it so exciting for the youth. You know, why didn't they just do it? And I think we can often feel that with such things in church, you know, we can think, I don't know, I'm just going to say Trent, whoever Trent is. We can think, (laughs) 
Trent would do such a better job of talking about this than me. You know, we can think, oh, Trent, he would pray, he would pray much better than me. You know, it's not my place to pray out. Trent can do that much better than me. Or we would think, oh, Trent's a much better Christian than me. I'll leave that up to him. And even Gideon said to the Lord at the start of this, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. He didn't see how God could work through him and got caught up in his own weaknesses. He felt inadequate and didn't see why God would want to choose him. Yet I am so thankful that it is in God's strength and not our own that we can step out and that he works through our weaknesses. Paul says it well in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10, where he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak then I am strong. God even uses our weaknesses for his glory. And that fills me with peace and joy, peace that even if I mess up, even if I stuff up, even if it's scary sometimes, or someone might be better for the job, that God can use what I have to say and what he's placed on my heart, that he can still work through me. Yes, it may not have been my greatest testimony at that first youth camp, And yes, I'm still growing. And yes, the first time Gideon acted was in secret. He went in night and he hid away. He was scared and afraid to step out for God. But I want you to know that God has placed you exactly where you are in exactly the right place to step out and fulfill his purposes. And yes, it might be scary in the situation you have, but that is the one that he has prepared for you. And God will work through you and use those in those times. He will never leave us to work on our own. He is there by us through every time. So don't ever let yourself be caught up in the devil's lies of your own unworthiness or that you aren't up to doing a task for God in the church or that you aren't up to stepping out in your friend group or that there's someone better. Don't believe the lie that Trent is a better Christian than you and that they will do a much better job than you. God has a great plan for you and he has placed great words upon your heart. And he has put you exactly where you are meant to be, to step out for him and his glory. God wants to use you, and he wants you to trust in him and step out in him. And I was listening to a song on the way here, which really stood out to me as well. I don't know, it's a bit of an older one, so maybe a classic here. Um, That was a bit of a dig, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this. But I was listening to Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me which I just love, even in the title, like, it says it all, yet not I, but through Christ in me. And I just find that reminder really gives me peace that even if I'm up here speaking, it's not through my own power and it's not through my own strength. And when I step out in these things, I can trust that God and Christ will work through me. Now, It might be all good and dandy to step out for God, but a key thing that we need to do first and is so important in stepping out and for our whole lives is to refocus back to him. I mean, the whole reason why the Israelites were in this mess in the first place is because 
they had become distracted and caught up in the ways of the world. They'd taken up idols and they'd gotten distracted and turned away from God. And while our idols today might not look the same as having an altar to ball in our backyard, they can still distract us away from God just as much. I know the classic, I feel like there's a classic technology spiel of, oh, you know, phones, idols, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, COVID, I feel, has really made me even more attached to my phone than ever before. I mean, that thing is on me 24-7. I was talking to my family about this the other day, and I don't think I've ever driven anywhere ever without my phone in my own life. And you might not be as bad as me, but I've even gotten to the point where I listen to podcasts in the shower now because I'm just like, I'm, I'm just always listening. You know, you've always got to be going. And yet, even though my phone's on me, I still find a way to not reply to people's messages for three days. But that's a separate thing. Um, because of this, and kind of because of this, I can find it hard to spend quiet time with God. I feel like I sit down and I try to separate time for God and here I am thinking, oh, is that a message on my phone? You know, you've got the phantom pings. You're like, oh, did I hear the notification go off? Oh, I'll just check. And I think that that can really be an idol in my own life. And maybe you might not be as bad as me in this area. Maybe there might be something else. But God really wants us to refocus back to him. And the first thing that Gideon, sorry, that God called Gideon to do was to tear down that pole, to tear down those idols in his life before he sent him out to do his work in these people, in, for his people. And while today we won't be tearing down any altars ourselves, unfortunately, or building up any new ones... <laughs> There might be idols in your own lives that you need to tear down and instead give back that time and that place to God. He wants you to offer up your whole life to him and to refocus back to him. And through knowing him, through meeting with him, through refocusing back to him, through loving him, that is where we find the strength to step out. That is where we find the courage to face these scary situations. That is where we find our peace because in him, we can find that. You know, when Gideon first met God, he thought he was going to die. Yet God gave him peace through that and comforted him to do what he was called to do. And we can experience that same peace today and know this personally through his son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, which is, I love that word for Jesus, the Prince of Peace, because I know that I need that often in my life. And so today I want to challenge us to refocus ourselves back to God, to not lose sight of him among the idols of this world, and to find our strength in him when we need to step out and to find peace when we are faced with difficult situations and challenging ones. And look, I know starting a new habit Maybe getting rid of idols or stepping out can be hard and daunting on your own. A habit that I've been trying to get into for at least a year now, or I've been saying that I'm going to get into for at least a year now, has been to try and learn the keyboard. Yeah, that's a classic. But I always find a reason not to end up practicing it each week. 
So I finally decided I was going to put some measures in place, okay? So two weeks ago, I was at church, I was talking about this, and Matt keeps calling me out on it because he wants me to join the worship team. Um, and I was like, you know what? Hold me accountable to this week, to this. Next week when I come in, I will have practiced the keyboard, and you can, you can challenge me on that. So come to next Sunday, last Sunday, they check back in with me. Matt asked me, how have you gone this week? And boy, was he impressed when I told him that I pulled out the keyboard out of the cupboard half an hour ago, did five minutes of practice, and came to church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if he were to check back in with me this week, he would hear that I did 15 minutes this week. Woo! I know, maybe next week 30. Feel free to hold me to that. Um, and when you step out for God, it might be something small like that at first. Or it might be something done in secret. It might be something that you're scared to do, and like Gideon, you might do it in the night. But we can, how thankful can we be that we aren't on our own, that we are surrounded by a great crowd of believers, that we are surrounded by our brothers and sisters in Christ here, and that when we are trying to step out in these things, that we can encourage and empower each other, that we don't have to be fearful of being killed like they tried to kill Gideon. Those were the Israelites. They tried to kill their own person for trying to worship God. And I'm very thankful that I'm surrounded by all of you here today who will encourage and empower me and who I can encourage back. And I was looking at our key words today. Classic, love them up there. But empowering really stood out to me. And... I'm very thankful that, yeah, I'm, I'm surrounded by you guys and that even if each of us get distracted by this world, you know, even if we get caught up in our idols, that we are called and can, can come alongside one another and challenge one another to bring our focus back to God. Now, hopefully, this won't have to look like sneaking into each other's backyards at night and tearing down the altar that they've placed. I hope that this doesn't come to that. But it should look like coming alongside one another in love and challenging each other for how we can live better for God, how we can step out for Him, and how we can empower each other in this way. I know it's a classic, but it's a goodie. In Proverbs 27, verse 17, where it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We can support, challenge, and encourage each other as we step out and we strive to step out for God. And I want to encourage you to keep on stepping out for Him, to come alongside one another, to keep growing as you step out into even greater and greater things for the Lord. So I challenge you today to listen to God's calling, to cast out the idols, and to step in, out in faith in Him, like Gideon. And like Gideon... You may not be perfect. I'm assuming we're not perfect here. Bold assumption, I'm sorry. Um, but God chose him. God uses cracked and broken vessels, and he has a specific purpose for each and every one of us. So don't let you trick yourself or tell yourself that God, that, oh, I'll, I'll wait for Miles to pray out in worship because Miles does such a great job. Maybe... God is calling you and is encouraging you to share something that will empower the rest of us. So 
Can we come alongside each other? Can we empower us and just step out in God?